0: What comes to mind when you think of swingers? A sexy club full of people flirting with each other? In Orgy? The 1996 film? Today, we're going to talk about swinging, what it is and isn't, common myths, and more with a couple who are not only expert in the topic, but credit the lifestyle for strengthening their marriage. We'll also weigh in for a listener with the help of Dr. Megan Fleming. What should you do if you've lost your job, feel stuck in a rut, and it is all interfering with your relationship? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. I'm so thankful that you're listening. If this episode turns you on or you want to explore new sex toys or find that perfect lube for your needs, visit today's product sponsor The Pleasure Chest in LA, New York City, or Chicago, or on their website, thepleasurechest.com. You can also shop by clicking their ad on my website. That's augustmclaughlin.com. And while you're on my site, be sure to sign up for occasional Girl Boner updates by email. I send behind-the-scenes fun, news about upcoming events, and more about once a month. You can also find my new Girl Boner book, The Good Girl's Guide to Sexual Empowerment, on Amazon and most anywhere that books are sold. If you appreciate it, I would so love to hear from you by way of an honest Amazon review. And if you haven't yet subscribed to Girl Boner Radio on your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, I hope you will. Ratings and reviews there are also so helpful. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Carol and David to the show, the fun-loving couple. The Swingers founded the Sexy Lifestyle website and radio platform. They also host their own wonderful talk show that both I and Dr. Megan Fleming have had the pleasure of appearing on. It's called The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Thank you both for being here. It's just
2: so awesome to be here. Like you said earlier, it really feels like I've known you for 100 years. Yeah, What a it's great connection we absolutely have. absolutely
3: amazing to be here in person. We always love coming to the West Coast. We are from Montreal, and coming out here is spectacular, seeing some sunshine and mountains and the ocean. And uh, we're uh, into the fall colors right now, but it's absolutely amazing to be here in person with you. And we're so excited that your book sales are going th- as good as they are.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I don't have a ton of details about the numbers, but I do feel the momentum, and it's been really nice being out in public and meeting people who've read it, as I'm sure you've experienced with your own work when you meet people who have been enjoying your work. It's such a gratifying
2: It is. Absolutely. I was telling you that I I read your book while I was on the Alaskan cruise, and it was just such a wonderful thing. Everyone was looking at me, what are you reading? What are you reading? And I showed everybody. No, it's such a wonderful Thank book.
0: You. I you love it Thank you. You sent me that well. beautiful photo of my book in like this very luxurious, exotic <laughs> location. <laughs> that, oh, it's was, going on tour. Yeah. Excellent.
3: It was. We took it up to Alaska with us. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for that support. I pre- really, really appreciate it. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your own personal story. How did you two initially meet? Well, we kind of have a fun story. Who, do you want to start, David, or
2: you want me to go?
3: It's a very interesting f- story, and there is a celebrity who did it, but we did it first, where Carol's ex-husband is married to my ex-wife. So um, if uh, anybody out there is listening sounds familiar Shania Twain did it as well that's right but after, mm. after us but we did it you know, first. You started. We're buds. we're buds we're buds
2: so the story kind of begins where we were we were cu- we were couples the two of us and um, married and neighbors and friends and knew each other well and our exes decided they wanted to be together, and so kind of we got dumped on the same day. When they made that decision, they informed us, and we say we got dumped on the same day. And for the longest time, we celebrated our dump day, right? Until we got married (laughs) five
3: years ago, we celebrated our dump day, December 21st. And at the time, you know, you get dumped by your spouse who you've been with, who you've had three children with. Carol has three children as well, and you think it's the worst day of your life. And now, 13 years later, looking back, it was really the best day of our life.
2: We found each other.
0: I'm so glad you did. You seem so well-suited and have such a beautiful connection, obviously, with each other that you share with the world, really.
3: Literally. We're sharing as <laughs> caring. World.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you had dump day. How did... Or when did it start to become evident that you two wanted to be together? Was this really quickly? Did it take some time? Was it surprising? I cool. had
3: some extra cash, and I kept paying Carol. <laughs> really? No? No, no that no. didn't okay. happen. Okay. You tell the real story.
2: <laughs> well, really, we because we had been friends prior to this, uh, we supported each other during the separation. We kind of knew the what was going on in behind the closed doors, so we kind of had all the stories of personal stuff ourselves. We supported each other. Uh, we became fuck friends right away. That was like, there was no waiting on that one. We didn't have great um, sex life in our marriages. So when we met each other, we kind of realized that we're actually sexually compatible. Yeah,
3: and during the whole process of our first marriage is falling apart. There wasn't any cheating involved. There was some emotional cheating where they were spending more time with each other doing things that they should have been doing with
2: us. Perhaps planning or talking about of course right. their future together. But
3: there was no behind the backs, okay, I'm going to we're going to go to a hotel and fuck over here and have sex here. There was none of that. It was it was very quick it happened from August to December and our marriages were on their way out. And one of the main reasons looking back now is Carol and I don't believe we put in the effort, and relationships are hard work. The effort, the good communication involved both ways, you know, speaking and listening with our exes, and in the end, it all just fell apart, and that's one of the reasons we created our Sexy Lifestyle brand, is to talk to people about what they need to do to keep their lives, their sex lives, their relationships happy, healthy, and horny.
0: And at what point did you realize, or had you already been part of the swinging community, Before this, we weren't.
2: No, no, actually, we were. um, We like we said, we got together. We're fuck friends, and we were supporting each other. And David convinced me to go on vacation with him, um, because I was a workaholic, a crazy workaholic. And I said, sure, sure, no problem. You organize it. I'll be there. Great, no problem. So, of course, he found a nice, beautiful resort in Mexico that was a topless optional. And I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I've been all over Europe. That was not a problem for me. So when we got there, we were very excited to relax. And we sat on the beach right beside another couple who were actually very open. And she, he was rubbing her and putting suntan lotion on her on her tits. And I'm there to David like, okay, don't even think about doing that to me, right? That's not going to happen. Well, as it turned out that that couple we were sitting next to well, were actually swingers. We started talking with them and day after day we got to know them a little bit better and they took the time to explain to us what is that swinging lifestyle, how they live their lifestyle and we thought that was super interesting because we were already very open, we had a great sex life ourselves, the two of us, this is like two years after we we got together so we had already had a chance to really develop a strong relationship and we decided we wanted to try it. So we did.
0: And what was the trying it like? Did you go to an event? Did you start No, with just no, we couple? were
3: we were at this resort, the Temptation in Cancun, and they invited us back to their room. Yeah, And we just it. played with them one-on-one. And uh, we enjoyed it. We found it very titillating. We went back. We spoke about it. And the next day, we went to the beach, and we met another couple.
2: We happened to meet another couple. And guess what? They were swingers, too. We had no idea because we were blind to it. We had no idea swingers were were there. there. we we learned about it. And next thing you know they're popping up all around us. We're thinking, Okay, is there some sort of swing dar on our foreheads or something? <laughs> swing dar. <laughs> I love it. People recognized us. We were we were I guess flirty and we were very gregarious and we we're like well, talking to people. Also, you were so beautiful that Thank everybody you, was looking at you, honey. Huh? Thank you, honey. And then guess what? The next day we found another couple. So we're not joking. One, two, three, we were swingers. Done.
3: And we've never looked back.
2: Wow.
0: So Kinsey Institute has some statistics, and I know it's kind of a hard thing to study in some ways, because how do you, like, do you go to the mass population and just ask right. people to volunteer? It's very
2: underground, this whole yeah. world.
0: So I imagine the numbers might be misleading, but they estimated that around 4% of the population. Yes. Um, which is more than some people might anticipate, mm-hmm. unless you're in the community, mm-hmm. right? What surprised you about the whole lifestyle well you know
2: i'm my whole life i've been traveling the world a very worldly person i call myself consider myself a smart person and i still had no idea that it was out there so i guarantee you that it's a whole lot of people out there just still have no idea that this whole underground world exists
0: yeah yeah so i have uh, a number of myths about swinging to discuss with you and one of them ties into what you just shared that you just met these couples and they happen to be swingers I'm curious how it came up, because one of the myths is that swingers are out there, like predatorial, Mm -hmm. like trying to get everyone to get into their bedroom with them, which I I understand is a myth.
3: Busted. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. No. Um, What's very interesting about swingers is if you saw them at a grocery store, at the soccer field, at a PTA meeting, you would never know. And if you went to a party, like you said, 4%, they're going to be there at every place, everywhere you go, all walks of life. um, There's policemen, there's nurses, there's teachers, there's doctors, there's politicians, everybody who wears running shoes and jeans and a nice sweater every day. When they come to a swingers resort, they almost walk into a different world and they wear seven inch heels and sheer outfits. and. Um, beautiful costumes for theme nights and it's it's incredible how you see this soccer mom turn into this absolutely gorgeous swinger um, when they go on vacation or when they go out on a Saturday night so the um, the most amazing part about the people we see in the lifestyle is they aren't what you would expect in maybe a biker maybe what you you um, visualize as a hooker or someone from the porn industry it's not it just isn't. It's your average, everyday person.
0: It sounds almost like a form of role play where they allow themselves to explore another character within themselves.
2: Yes, absolutely. That's very, very common. We all love to dress up and, and play. And as a, as a swinger, you get to do that as, as an adult. And so, you know, you know, it's maybe something you haven't done since you were a child, but you get to do that as an adult. And being a sexy diva when you're a soccer mom or just a mom uh, is kind of cool.
3: And what's, what's very interesting is you mentioned 4% identify as swingers. But 17% recently, um, I I forget which article I was reading it in, identify as open-minded in the alternative lifestyle, in um, very open sexually... um, Mm
0: Non-monogamous or... Could be, yes, any of those
2: things.
3: There's such a wide range. Swinging is just a part of the alternative lifestyle. And um, it's just amazing how many people now are exploring their lifestyle and their um, other side because there's so many avenues to learn about it. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, for example, brought out should we, could we, would we when it comes to kink and BDSM.
0: Exactly. How do you define in just real basic terms what swinger means?
2: Well, I like to say that the swinging lifestyle begins with an open-minded attitude and a strong, loving relationship, and it allows you to... Whether you want to push boundaries, test your limits, fulfill, fulfill fantasies. fantasies, whatever it is that you want to do in consensually, it's with the ultimate goal of strengthening your marriage. And so that's kind of what I think is the lifestyle and even the swinging lifestyle. Whether you share your partner or you don't share your partner, um, it's all about that, pushing your limits and testing your boundaries and just trying new things together.
0: Because another myth is that swinging is cheating, Mm -hmm. right? I think people get that impression.
2: Which it's not, because it's consensual. Cheating is non-consensual, and that's the very big difference.
0: So it's out in the open. It's discussed. Are there many couples who one of them is a swinger, or does it tend to be couples and and relationships. I guess some people are in relationships with more than one person. Maybe there's three people swinging, but. So really swinging is for the couple. There are
2: singles in the lifestyle, male and female. The females are called unicorns and the males are called bulls, but they're really there so that the couple can have a threesome. So the swinger couple who wants a threesome may choose a unicorn or a bull. So they are in the lifestyle themselves so they can be playing with couples. But the swinging lifestyle is really about couples.
3: And within your couple, um, we know very, very few people where in the couple only one of them swing. Because swinging is about strengthening your couple. There are, however, couples we know who swing separately. So he will go on a date, she will go on a date, but when they come back, they talk about it, they use it as... foreplay for when they have sex together. And creating um,
2: fantasies and, right? and reliving those moments right. with each other.
3: But but it's very rare that you'll see in a couple one person who swings and the other who doesn't. But if it does happen, for sure they've spoken about it and they're both on the same page.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because there's so many forms of cheating. You can cheat financially. You can cheat in all these different ways, but the so much focus goes on to sexual infidelity and... What I understand from speaking to a lot of people who've gone through affairs and talking to psychologists about it, it's the deceit that's the most painful thing. Absolutely. So when everything's out and open, and I love that the goal is to strengthen the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another myth that's pretty common is that all swingers are really into kink. Oh, no, not
2: necessarily. Kinksters are not in swingers necessarily, and swingers are not kinksters necessarily, but there is an overlap. So some swingers like to do kink. And some kinksters like to swing.
3: Yeah, because you can be into kink in your couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, just two of you and you have you know monogamous sex and you go to a kink club and you like flogging or you like doing the bondage, different bondage or... aspects of it, but it has nothing to do with swinging. Um, the same thing, uh, the BDSM community and the polyamory community. They're, they're all different versions of exploring your sexuality.
0: Another myth is that swinging will keep a potential cheater from cheating.
2: Um, You could still be a swinger Mm -hmm. and cheat, right? So really, well, when we talked to Dr. Edward Fernandez, he's one of the main, um, what do you call it, researchers in the swinging lifestyle. And he found that the main reason that people swing, so why do swingers swing, is for variety. So if you are in a relationship and you really want variety and you don't want to cheat on your wife to get variety or husband to get variety, then of course that kind of lifestyle could work for you but I really don't like thinking that swinging instead of cheating, but you know what I mean? Right. If you are looking for variety, it is a great way to get variety in your relationship. There's n-
3: there's no need to cheat if you're in an open relationship and you and your partner can talk about anything because if you wanted to go out and have a threesome with two women and your wife wasn't into it, all she has to say is, go on, hon, have a great time, and when you come back, tell me all about it.
0: And there's that, I forgot the word, but the pleasure you get from an
3: Compersion. Another.
0: Yes, compersion. Mm-hmm. So the example you shared about a couple where they swing separately, probably get enjoyment out of each other's They're just happy for the stories. other ones. Yeah, Absolutely. I think even sharing fantasies is like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you share a dream you had or an experience you've been thinking about, it's, it's a similar thing. You're getting off on your partner's pleasure.
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: All swingers do drugs is another cool. myth very much not true, right?
3: It is not true. in Within the swinging community, um, alcohol and drugs, they're I guess they're used socially, but they're not used in excess because when you're out there in an orgy, and we love foursomes and moresomes, you want to enjoy, and the more chemicals you put inside your body, the less hard your erection's going to be, the less wet a woman's going to get, and you want to remember it. We use our swinging experiences as our impetus for great sex between us. You know, when we're fucking, Carol says, so you remember the party we were at the other night? Who was fucking you? And, the, you know, what angle was she t-? And so we talk about all that stuff, but if you're drunk or stoned, you're not going to remember it all. But it is it is used. When we go to hedonism in Jamaica, there's ganja on the beach, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a myth that swinging can strengthen a, a relationship, but it won't fix, like, a deep, Issue.
2: you're absolutely right about that it will not fix a deep issue when I started by saying you have to have an open-minded attitude and a strong loving relationship otherwise you can't be a swinger period over and out
3: if you go into a swinging situation trying to fix your sex life you will crash and burn in a second and the other couples who are swingers Will see you right away you'll be this big bright light at the party because you're not connected you're not on the same page and it shows so quickly when you're in an environment where there are all these amazingly strong couples who talk about everything and when you go into a swinging situation nobody ever takes one for the team so if you come in and a couple comes in and you see they're not connected Carol and I will say you know what we need to go for a drink because this isn't about drama. This is about our sexual experience.
0: You have such beautiful ethics around all of this. Is that a mainstay that you find in the swinging community? Or I'm sure with with all segments of society and sexuality, you might occasionally meet someone who's abusing the situation, right? Um, but is that in your experience, do you find that whenever you go to an event or even meeting swingers at a beach or whatnot, do they have similar ethics?
3: You know, one of the biggest, Um, issues or one of the biggest um, attributes to a couple is great communication great respect and open on and being open and honest and when uh, you go to a swinger event we're probably the best at communicating talking and listening and when you you have that ability and you have that strength in a couple nothing doesn't get said and nothing doesn't get heard so yes you see how the couples are are always intertwined yeah i'd say yeah. are together if you go to a vanilla and i'll use the word vanilla which is non-swinger party you normally the girls are on one side the guys are on another side if you go to a swinger's party the couples are always together unless they're fucking in separate rooms but then they come back together <laughs>
2: But usually mingling in a in a societal thing, in, in a social environment, couples who are swingers actually stick together. And I kind of feel that that's why we were picked out as, I guess, swingers at the time when I said, did I have swingdar on there? But we were probably showing all those signs of public affection, of loving each other, of being in love. And so those who were swingers kind of picked that up or picked up on that and saw that, oh, maybe they are. Let's check it out. And they asked the right questions. Uh, so I think that's kind of how they found or realized that hey, maybe we're new, but we are
3: swingers.
0: Yeah, and they knew at least they could approach you because right. you seemed very open. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You'll,
3: you'll also notice in the swinging community how it's very female-centric. It's the woman who chooses, the woman who decides, the woman who says yes or no. And when the two women, like we met this couple on the beach, well, Carol was talking to the other female, and they started talking, and they had the connection, and it made us closer. If I started talking to the guy, and then Carol's like, well, why are you talking to him? Well, I'm ta- she's telling me about swinging. I don't want to know about swinging. But since Carol drove the conversation, and she came back to me and we went for a drink that night. And she said, listen, I was talking to this woman and she was talking about all this stuff. It just makes it so much easier in the relationship. And um, another myth, which um, I, I don't know if you were going to bring up or not, is that it's the man who forces the woman into the lifestyle. And it is absolutely the opposite. He might bring up the conversation, but it's the woman who says yes or, or no.
0: I have heard that women tend to i know we're all very individual but women tend to crave a lot of variety and which you can get within a monogamous relationship too but the fact that the myth for so long has been that women don't like women need monogamy and and they only want that one partner when in fact a lot of research shows that we're all just very unique and and our sexuality is very fluid
3: but they need the emotional monogamy I don't think all do. Yeah, not necessarily. some.
2: But I'd love to use a word that you use all the time, which is empowerment. And one of the things that happens in the swinging lifestyle is that women are empowered. We're empowered to make those choices, to make the decisions. Are we going to play with this couple or not? And that kind of... Gives you that power inside and that confidence, and it perpetuates wanting to stay in the lifestyle so you can be empowered more and more.
0: Have you ever disagreed on an experience or a certain person or couple that you were going to swing with, and one of you is like, yes, and the other one's like, eh?
3: Always. Yeah. No, always. All, yes. always. It happens, <laughs> <single>
0: of course. <laughs> but we
2: discuss it, yeah. and I always win because the woman drives. If it's a no, it's a is no. Is that a
0: rule that the uh, woman drives? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. So what So what about, you know, lesbian couples or what what happens then oh there you go
2: uh, good question i don't really know if lesbian swingers have a similar rule we would like to find that out so let's make a note and we'll have to yeah cuz then it would, i swingers. guess
0: maybe i don't know do you roll the dice <laughs> I,
2: maybe and that's a good it question turns. i'd yeah. love to find out so if anyone's listening out there and they have the answer please let us know
0: yeah
3: but but within within our commu- our community our swinging couple um if it's not good for one of us it doesn't happen mm mm-hmm. mhm and even if we're in a situation, we're in an orgy, we're having sex, and it's not good, we sh- we just tap out. Because nobody's a better fuck than, than my partner, than Carol. And if it's not good for us in that situation, we just go and fuck ourselves. It's not about... It's
2: not a need to have the right. We don't have to have it. It's a fun thing. It's right. bonus, but we don't have to have it. So if there is some conflict coming coming up or you sense it's not quite right... Yeah, we just excuse ourselves and we go off, or find another couple, for example, or we just fuck ourselves. And it's, and it's understood,
3: you know, everybody yeah. in the in in the community. Um, gets it that sometimes you're not compatible or I can't stay hard or Carol has a sore stomach and you just step out and everybody keeps doing their thing and we just move on. Mm
0: -hmm. I imagine that some people are intimidated by the lifestyle because they fear jealousy Mm -hmm. where they think that if if we do this, then what if my partner does start lusting only after this other person? What would you say to that? concern?
2: So we get this question all the time. So jealousy is one of those issues that we all have jealousy in us, for sure, right? But jealousy isn't reflected on ourselves. It's our own insecurity. So when you feel jealous, if you are an open-minded person, you got to look into yourself and say, hey, how come I'm feeling jealous? My husband, who I love and adore, is having a wonderful time having his cock sucked by an amazing woman. And so she might be a little bit better than me, but I know he's coming home with me. He loves me. He doesn't need to have that woman in his life. He can get his cocksuck anytime. You know what I mean? So there's no restriction. And then when I when you look into it in yourself and wonder why am I feeling this, and if you can just realize that he loves me, I don't need to worry about anything else. And then you you're good. And either you enjoy and watch, or you ask him well, how was it, and he tells you all about it. I don't need to worry about it. I'm not jealous about that.
3: It's just it's just sexual. Um, you can ask the same question about. Um, you know, Carol brings home a new sex toy and she starts masturbating with her sex toy and it's like, would I say, well, am I not good for you anymore? And no, that's not the issue. It's just yeah. she wants a little bit of variety in what she's doing and she bought a sex toy, which we all buy together. And it can benefit together, the relationship, right? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. And swinging is very similar. It's just you're using a human body as a sex toy.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. I think it's so important. So there's that um, marriage and relationship researcher John Gottman and he has this article about jealousy and he talks about how it's one of two things one is it's an insecurity from like an old wound or something. And in that case, communication is really important because then you can talk about what your triggers are. Is it that that person represents, I mean, really, where does that go to? If it's not, it's probably not about what's at the surface. Did something horrible happen to you when you were dating early on? Or so that the partner can be mindful of it, but that you can both kind of work through it. And then another reason can be that it reflects your value system. So maybe there's a certain thing that, in, within your ethics, you're like, no, I only want this for us, and, and then having those limitations. So, for example, maybe I know a friend of mine only when they – I don't think they call it swinging, but she's non-monogamous, and they don't kiss anybody else on the lips. Mm-hmm. So, like, having your – you know, every, your stick. Your shtick. There you go. Every couple <laughs> in the you?
2: lifestyle have their rules and their limits between each other. You discuss what you want to do, what you want to try, uh, what expectations you have, and actually, this is a discussion we have every time we go into a swinging environment. We're going to a party. Well. How many guys do you want to do? How many girls do you want to do? Do we want to do this together? Do we? Are we okay to go in separate rooms? Um, are we going to stay all night long? Are we? What is it we're going to do? So every single situation we discuss, what our limits, our boundaries, our expectations for the night, we try to stay within it because that's our goal—to be.
3: Uh, happy and I, I, I sort of <laughs> sometimes have issues remembering what the rules and limitations were, but it's, but then uh, it's we all talk good. about it and afterwards. And then we have the replay <laughs> at the end of the evening. And if I'm at ninety percent, we're all good. So we always it's say a, a- <laughs> We always say learn from your
2: mistakes right. and then try not to do it again. And that does avoid a lot of those issues, like you said. And the jealousy can be
3: but held. But it's the communication. You yeah. know, w- once you know how to have great communication, you can really do anything in your relationship.
0: I think that actually really ties into this listener question. Because communication, whether we're talking about swinging or anything within our our intimate lives, is so important. And because you two are both so passionate about your work, which I would love to hear more about in a bit here, I think you'll have some wonderful insights for Bethany who wrote this. I lost my job a few months ago and have no idea what to do with my life. On top of that stress, it's causing rifts in my marriage. I feel like I get irritated about small things so easily, and my husband wants me to apply for more jobs like my last one, which I hated, and I feel stuck. I know that's a lot of broad info, but I'd love to hear any suggestions you might have. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bethany. I'm sure many people can relate. First, I'd like to share... Insight from Dr. Megan Fleming. She's our resident expert out in New York City, a sex and relationships therapist. Here's what she had to say.
1: Bethany, I think this is a great question. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's sort of broad, but I think that there's some sort of key takeaways and things I'd want you to focus on. And first is to recognize that losing a job is a stressful life event um, and that we all tend to not operate so well under those kinds of circumstances. I sort of say we all have the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, when we go through an experience like this, we tend to be more reactive, sort of um, have a shorter fuse, so to speak. So it's great that you're aware noticing that you're finding that even small things are more irritating. So, you know, I think the practices of self-care are sort of non-negotiable in general, but it's specifically for you now um, because it really is a time for mindfulness, meditation, exercise. Certainly, um, cardio is incredibly great for relieving tension and anxiety. Um, And that it's important that for you to be able to show up for your best in this job search, as well as in your marriage, that you prioritize that self-care. And I think it's also an opportunity to have the frank and honest conversations with your husband, because again, I don't know your personal finances, but some of his own anxiety may be coming up around, you know, not feeling like you may have the six months or a year to really focus on finding what feels like the right next fit um and feels like a great job choice for you. So again, coming together and th- to talking about those finances and, you know, are there other places that you can budget or cut expenses, really trying to come together as a team and that when and if, you know, there is a more immediate need to think about what are maybe temporary or short-term solutions just to bring in some revenue, right? So maybe it might be taking up babysitting or dog walking or even a part-time jobs um, that sort of is a bridges of the gap, right? Between where you are now and where you want to go. And then I think for the part of you that isn't yet, you know, confused and doesn't even know what those next steps are, certainly perhaps seeking out a career coach, because they are definitely specializing in helping individuals get that career clarity and sort of discover what are the alternative uh, job or career options that would be a good fit for you. And another great resource I'm going to recommend is a book called What Color Is Your Parachute by Richard Nelson Bowles. And believe it or not, this is a book for job seekers that has been in print since 1970 and it revised every year. In fact, it has now sold over 10 million copies and it's in 28 countries. It's sort of the, considered the world's most popular job search book. So I think, again, this book is going to give you some thoughts and ideas about, again, knowing your personal strengths and what what might be a career or sort of the next right job for you. But I think going back to where we started this is a time where I always say self care is non negotiable, particularly now. You really need to resource yourself so you feel like you have your best self to put forward and that you really have and continue to have these conversations with your husband to understand again, what about the situation might be tapping into his own anxieties or, you know, rocking the boat of a sense of security or stability. Because I think it's so important that you both feel like you're on the same page. And you're thinking both, okay, what are the immediate next steps and big picture, long term, what's going to be and create a satisfying job and career for you? As always, would love to hear how it goes.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. Everyone check her out at greatlifegreatsex.com. I love what she said about self-care because I think it can be really easy when there are relationship rifts to think like, how do I please that person? They're frustrated with me and really thinking about her own passions and curiosities and really expressing that she hated the last job, I think that could be big. What would you offer?
3: Well, first of all, um, we always talk about having balance in her life and in anybody's life, and you have to balance, you know work, family, relationships, and sex. And I also want to say that men can't read minds. And you know, Carol was talking earlier about you know women driving in the lifestyle. It's so important as a guy for when Carol needs something for her to sit down and say, I need this from you I can't read her mind okay and if she's out there not happy that I'm not doing something don't assume that I get it tell me use your words sit down and it's not while you're having sex and not after you just had sex but a coffee in the morning you know today I need you to do this for me I'm not in a great place right now I'm, I'm down because I don't have a job I can't find something And I heard in the question where he says, you should go out and get more, try more, look for more jobs. That's not what she wants to hear. She knows she has to do that, but she needs something from him, some support. But he doesn't know that. So use your words and just be very simple and say, babe, I need this from you.
2: Mm, And I really enjoy that when uh, Dr. Fleming, when she said, of course, the self-care, which, of course, we, we love to talk about that. But I liked at the end when she said, and have that discussion with your husband and find out what's making him insecure about the situation. Is it because he's no longer in control? Is it because he can't really help her because he can't read her mind or whatever? And I really like that fact that it it takes two. It really is a team to get through this whole situation. It's so
0: true. And to ask those questions and to care about each other's feelings instead of just being reactive Mm -hmm. you know I think that's really really big and and Bethany I just send you so much love I think it's a really exciting time in some ways when you are no longer in the thing that you didn't like you know there's these challenges but but there is so much opportunity within that and I actually love to talk about the opportunities that that you have provided for people and also because swinging is not just what you love as a lifestyle you educate people you travel how did that come to be?
2: Well, I'm going to say that after being in the lifestyle for many, many years, um, people kind of recognized us. And I'm going to say the word ambassador or leader lightly. We don't like to start, you know, clapping our hands and saying, "But you are." You're
0: very much ambassadors and leaders in this lifestyle. And so when people kind of pointed those things out, we went, "Oh, okay, maybe
2: we could be influencers or help other people get into this wonderful lifestyle that we found as helped us in our life." So we did start talking to other people and and answering questions. We were very open. And um, I guess that's kind of when we felt that, not that we have every answer, but we certainly have resources to go to and we like to give our opinion. And if that works for them, great and or suggestions of which books to read and which seminars to go to or which podcasts to listen to. And we're forever recommending different things. And that's kind of when we felt that our role became connectors, not so much educators, but realizing that we can influence by helping people find the right place for the resources, like Dr. Fleming recommended that book the same way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you do a beautiful job of that. Your radio show is such a welcoming place. Some of my favorite chats that we had with, with the two of you, you keep it really light and fresh and encouraging. It's so welcoming, and I think that's really important when you're talking about sex to make it a safe space.
3: It is, and we talk not just about sex, but about relationships. And, you know, we spoke about our story that we got divorced, and we um, went through this horrible time because a divorce is a bad time. You know, you're married to someone you'd love, you had children with them, and all of a sudden, you're done. And Carol and I when we spoke and we worked through this this bad time in our lives together we said what we were gonna learn from that experience we never looked at the bad parts and we get along with our exes and we talk to them every day and we had Christmas with them and we do all this stuff because what's the other option to be miserable so we said we were gonna be honest we were gonna be open we were always gonna tell each other how we felt and as we move forward we also realize that in life you have choices and one of the choices we make every day is to be happy and to be positive and that doesn't have to do with sexuality it has to do with our relationship you wake up in the morning and you say I'm gonna be happy today and then everything you do has to m- make you happy. And um, who are we talking to on um, Dr. Tracy Living- uh, Tracy Livingston, Dr. Leslie Hamilton, Domini? We, we filmed a, um, a documentary for Amazon Prime called The Retreat, and we had some amazing facilitators there. And I'll let Carol explain about how you can't, if, if you have bad stuff going on inside you, you can't, let good stuff in unless you let the bad stuff go.
2: So kind of how how I was explaining earlier that we're not educators so we are not certified in anything in particular. We know a lot about swinging because we live that world. And we learned so much from those educators at the retreat and our main takeaway from that whole week being there was that we actually have control of how we feel. The things that are hurting us or blocking us from being the best person in the world um, actually, you can work on that and get rid of the bad and make room for the good. So these are all kind of things that we've learned and that we want to share with our community. And we just keep growing ourselves and learning every week with our radio show. And we're able to offer more and more I guess, uh, advice or information, and um, we, we are definitely passionate about the education side and getting all these educators together, which I guess that's going to lead us into uh, what we're doing today as a passion project that we have, which is our new radio platform and our new uh, website, which is a village of sex educators and uh, resources where people can go to learn about sex
3: and sexuality and relationships
0: yeah that's so beautiful it's like a forum it's a place for people to as you said learn and grow from all different topics right you're not just doing
3: it is it's actually um, very light on the swinging side (laughs) and very big on the relationship side and one of our taglines is live happy healthy and horny and it's not just three words because you can't be horny unless you're happy and you can't be horny unless you're healthy and Healthiness is eating well and going to the gym or, or walk, going for a walk. And I invite everybody to go listen to the show we did with Dr. Lindsay Berkson, whose book is called Sexy Brain. And you'll be blown away by how what you eat affects everything else in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially um, sexuality and your sexual wellness. And everything and, and how you live. Um, so we're, we're just bringing together this village because there's so many people out there who don't know what they don't know.
0: That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because education is very limited. A lot of these topics are pretty taboo.
3: Credible information. You That's know, go- really important. Google is so massive, and we're trying to bring all these credible educators together. And shout out to Dr. Megan Fleming. But, you know, she's going to be part of our village as well, along with all the other people. And that yourself, have been on. And of course. And yourself, of mm-hmm. course, uh, August. But it's so important for people to have one place to go to to get credible information and be able to ask questions. Look at this amazing question that um, your listener asked you, I bet you there's a million people out there who we just answered that question for.
0: Yeah. That's one thing I've learned is that the questions that people present and the questions I've had in my life where I felt really alone, when you feel like you're the only person or this really obscure, strange person for feeling the way that you do, you're not. You're
2: not, exactly. It's so Mm -hmm.
0: universal. Mm -hmm. Usually a lot of people can relate in some way and, and learning how to respect our feelings, whatever they... Maybe and going. I'm not unusual. I'm just. I'm just dealing with something. And so much
2: advice can be applied to many different situations. That uh, any type of advice can help if you take it in and listen and react to it.
3: And August, you were asking earlier how we got into all this. And, and you know, we have a radio show um, as successful as yours. We have 500,000 listeners in 60 countries, and we have no idea why us. We yeah. don't. We, we weren't radio personalities. We were just Carol and David. Someone came up to us, said, you have a great story. Why don't you talk? And we grew. And in two years, we're, we're talking to people about sexuality. And like Carol says, we're connectors. We bring on amazing people like yourself who really have good, credible information to give. And the testimonials and the emails we get back, Carol was crying last week. We had this person write into us say, I listened to your, pod, your radio no, show. No,
2: thank God for your podcast. You saved my life. And they're like, what? Me?
3: And, yeah. And <sighs> and they went and they wrote this whole big thing on, on Instagram. And it's a testimony up, up on our site. And it's like, oh, you know what? Everything we've done to get one testimonial is worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. All the
3: work and all the hard work. And you know how much work goes into putting together a show and producing mm-hmm. it and, and making it sound good. But this one person and we get lots of them. Yeah. But it's just like you know what, we can stop today and and we've won. Mm -hmm.
0: That's really beautiful Mm -hmm. when people reach out and it's so affirming Mm -hmm. to know that you are having that sort of impact. That's really incredible. So it's at thesexylifestyle.com?
3: Sexylifestyle.com. We have our talk radio network, which has uh, over 20 shows on it, all about sex and sexuality and sex education and relationships. And our website has the Great Sex Academy, which is for all credible information with sex educators. And we have our business pages, which is all about like the yellow pages, but for everything you want to find related to sexuality.
0: Awesome. So as we wrap up, how has both swinging and this work you're doing together influenced you personally and as a couple? We've experienced some of it already in this hour, but what stands out to you as the biggest i got to say
2: that the most important thing from working together every single day and from being swingers and we learn how to communicate properly because you need to have that really good communication skill in order to be successful swingers, but working together is a lot more needing that um, that great communication and we've kind of found our space. We both work at home. We each have our own office and we're together in our travels as people see us all the time going and coming and talking to different people that um, we just have found a way to communicate that is, I guess, beyond anything I could have imagined even 10 years ago.
3: And and one thing that I have found doing what we do is how every single day we continuously learn. And, you know, people say to us, oh, you're swingers, you're You know everything there is to know about sex and fucking and orgies and it's like no way (laughs) we talk to the most amazing people every time we talk to you August we learn something we talk to Dr. Megan Fleming and we learn we talk to all the guests on our network. And we learn every day. We continuously learn how to be a better couple, how to have better sex. The tagline on our website is Great Sex Matters. And it does in relationships. Sex is primal. Sex has to be part of your relationship. But you don't have to swing. You can just have sex in the kitchen to spice it up and live happy, healthy, and horny.
2: Or on the bedroom floor instead of on the bed or the couch in front of the fireplace. All of those things. You
3: don't want to wear heels out. Just wear them in bed.
0: Or go barefoot or forget heels altogether and define sexy however you wish, right? Y'all know I'm a big fan of that. Regardless, I love Carol and David's aim to always learn and to continue working on their relationship. I think that's so important, whether sex is a big priority for you or not at all for you, whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous or somewhere in between. And of course, all of those choices are valid and make way for awesome adventures, Speaking of learning, remember that question I asked Carol and David about lesbian swingers? Well, after our chat, I was really curious if what David mentioned about women always being in charge held true for others in swinging communities. So I reached out to a sex educator friend of mine, and she put me in touch with Dylan Thomas, co-host and producer of the podcast Life on the Swing Set. I asked him a couple questions by email, and here is what Dylan wrote to me. A lot of straight couples, especially early in their swinging experiences, describe swinging as a woman-led activity. I don't want to call that characterization of swinging wrong, but I wouldn't describe it as right either. Swinging, when well thought through and done with equal partners, offers a lot of women a lot of agency and the ability to express desire that many never felt able to before. So compared to life before swinging and life after swinging, it absolutely feels that way. It felt that way to me, it felt that way to my wife, and we enjoyed it. But after some time, we realized it really wasn't a woman-led lifestyle. It was just a lifestyle that offered a real shot at equality between men and women in their relationships, both in the ability to express desire and to act on that desire. Sometimes that results in women taking the lead, but I think more often, it's just a function of opening minds to new possibilities. Our experience now is closer to one of equals. I love that so much. Thank you, Dylan. That pretty much answers the lesbian swinger question too, right? When the relationship involves mutual respect and equality, decisions are made that way too. So for more from Dylan Thomas, visit Dylan the Thomas all over social media. You can also listen to Life on the Swing Set on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or lifeontheswingset.com. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please do subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Spotify and iHeart Radio. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.